connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. Tickets are now available for Denver Comic Con. Log on to denvercomiccon.com to purchase your tickets. Denver Comic Con is happening what day, Zach? I don't remember. Fail. Brad, Useless. what days? I actually don't know. Isn't it June something? It's like Father's Day weekend, maybe? At least, I don't at least, know. At least she's close. It's June 30th through July 2nd this year. Oh. Disappointed. Not Father's Day weekend. Not Father's okay. Day weekend. I think it was but last year. It was. Right? Yeah. Um, Twice now, I think it's been Father's yeah, Day weekend. What, uh, <laughs> what the organizers told us is the Denver Comic Con is their sixth year, I think, coming up. Their sixth year. So the, the convention center is scheduled so far in advance that they've always had to change the dates, and they're hoping to lock down a date continuously going forward. Which I'm kind of okay with not having on Father's Day weekend, because my dad's not a nerd, so it's always awkward when I'm like, I got to get... Do other things for three days. My dad's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who has a dork dad? Awesome. I didn't go last year. No, my, so. my dad is. He's a big Star Wars nerd, but my dad's like, eh, I don't care. Just call me. <laughs> but every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Office Christmas Party. And we're joined by... Zach. And... Brad. And two weeks in a row... Karin! Yay! Back. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you for this wonderful spread. Yes. She <laughs> brought, brought treats. And some cookies. And some gummy bears. What voice was that? Sure. I have no idea. Yeah, no one knows what you're doing. Before we start, just a couple announcements. Uh, Sue Duff has a new book coming out called Stack A Deck. You can buy it on Amazon through their Kindle store or their physical copy. Or you can go to Barnes & Noble and pick it up. BNN.com as well. You can pick it up online. Through wonderful retailers. Is it in the Beyond part? In Bed Bath and Beyond, it should be. What's in the Beyond part, Zach? Um, I, I, Christopher I'm pretty Walken. sure it was just a. Thank you, Corinne. <laughs> I was going to go for the Family Guy route where he just goes down through a, a, a tumbling black hole and then, oh, here are the coffee mugs. No, I was going with the click one. Thank you, Corinne, who's actually seen a movie, who's a real nerd. Oh, oh. I thought you were a... I watched some movies this week, guy. <laughs> hey, I thought you liked movies, and you if I gave you a movie reference, you know what I'm talking about. I, there are some movies that Epic Zach just chooses not Bell. to watch. <laughs> Is it sad to say I own that movie? No, I own it, no. too. I think it's fun. It's a fun movie. In fact, it's more of a drama than it is a comedy. You know, when you watch it, you're like, wow. There's Especially some... the second half. Yeah, you're like, it's funny at some parts, but he he, he dies in it. <laughs> Anyways, also, um, Telluride Horror, Telluride Horror Show is calling for entries for next year. So if you have a horror film and you'd like it shown at Telluride, which you should because it's a beautiful place to see a movie, enter it. I have a horror film that I could probably submit to that. You should submit it Your to life. it. Your life? 
Oh, <laughs> oh snap! Corinne's a real nerd now for sure. Oh, the, the moment Sorry. the moment you make fun of Zach, you've just transitioned from a guest to an actual real nerd. Dear diary, it only took two fucking weeks. <laughs> Wait, Brad, make a sure you record. when he's hey, writing in his diary, add the, the same Doogie Howser music. Life, so. Oh, okay. Well, I would be fun. like, well, can I just film my day and submit that? That's pretty horrific. But it was. It, it's better to trust me. It's better to go for the for the Zach route. It, it's mm-hmm. much funnier. Um, actually, on that note, can I just announce we just finished the visual effects on the after show. Nice. So it'll be released next week. It'll be released. Where, next where, week. where, well, where will it be released at, Zach? It'll be released via um, RadioBrendoMan.com and also via Vimeo. So you'll be able to watch it through there. So and, it's free. Sweet. Yep, it's free, and we're also going to try to take it to EFP and Open Screen Night and all those special places around Denver. So you'll get a chance to see it on the big screen. Cool. So that'd be fun. I was going to leave that hang there for a second, see if anyone would say anything. And so it was just this awkward pause. That was funny. I think I think that the version you guys have seen is the rough cut where it doesn't have the visual effects on the uh, computer screen because it's about interaction with fans on a podcast. And uh, so it's just a small element. And you also haven't heard, haven't heard it with the final score. So Cool. Yeah. So Looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, there's that thing. <laughs> way, way to sell your movie, Zach. I know. <laughs> The coolest place to see movies in Denver is the Alamo Draft House. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. On Monday at 7.30, you can go see House of Bamboo, part of their series in a lonely place. And that's the one with James Elroy? Yep. Uh, the Graveyard Shift is making its return, and it's going to be deep red. Oh, the poster's badass. It's like this doll hanging by its neck on a noose with, a, like, a butcher knife in its hand. What day is that? Tuesday? I might go see that. Um, Video Vortex is also on Tuesday, and that's The Brave. Poster's cool on that, too. It's like an 80s-style horror thing. I love 80s horror posters. They always have, like, that red border, and, like, half of it's dark, and there's, like, some monster in the middle. Mm-hmm. Is that the Poltergeist style? Maybe. Uh, no, that's a green border. No, I mean like the style where it's all black, but there's like one little like picture in it. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess I should describe that better. So, in the uh, Poltergeist <laughs> poster, um, and then the rest of the week is uh, Rogue One. So, uh, make sure you rush out to see Rogue One. Rogue One. That's, that, that's that? that small independent film that's coming. Yes. Out, right? Do I have yeah. to tell anybody to see Rogue One? I don't know. I guess the movie's really great. It's already pre-sold a ton of tickets so yeah. i think they're good i think they're tracking it for like 150 it's gonna do way more than that i think and i think that that's what he said for the force awakens and it did like double so <laughs> yeah uh i don't think it'll do force awakens quite well, it might i mean it's still star wars i think it'll do the same i think 240 that's a lot yeah like 248 i think maybe force a awakens little did. less but i think 200 million seems reasonable yeah. don't they get more money if like people go to see it in the imax or oh, 3d yeah. or something oh yeah okay so I imagine a lot of people will probably go see it in IMAX. Oh, for sure. They'll be like, ah, ha, 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 ah, ha, ha. That's what Disney's doing this year. Because they're like, what? Alice, and, uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass that failed? Pfft, what's that piece of shit? Who cares? <laughs> we, we have four of the top grossing movies of the year. <laughs> yeah. And three Book. of them have made a billion dollars. Yeah. Jungle Book, Civil War, Doctor Strange, now Rogue One. I don't think Doctor Strange is there yet, uh, it's, but it's like it's in Zootopia. The top ten. Yeah, Zoot- it goes, oh, Zootopia. It goes Civil War. And Moana, maybe. Yeah, maybe Moana's moving there. up, too. 
it goes Civil War, um, Zootopia, and Finding oh Finding Dory then Zootopia. Yeah. Um, so they S- they some, don't care. Somewhere Mickey Mouse is just going. Oh, I'm rich. I can't do a Mickey Mouse voice, but you, you know cannot. what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I'm rich. Uh-huh. See. Man, that's actually it, yours is too much. Yours is too much. I know it is. Bring it back. Okay. Bring, bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, there you go. There we go. You did it. Yeah, I know. Now I can join Mickey Mouse. No. Nope. Mickey Mouse's creator in the grave. No. Nope. <laughs> if you tell me his. You don't want me to go to the grave? <laughs> no. Oh. Tell me his debut. Uh, Steamboat Willie. No, tell me the day. I don't care. I give her no Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Day. What was his arrival day? I don't know. Boo. Was it in the 20s? It was. It was, it was 1929, 19... but. Nope. 28? There you go. Um, what month? Fail. Actually, his first movie uh, that was actually produced was Plane Crazy, but they added sound to Steamboat Willie and released it first. Oh. Disney history for you. Mm. Um, so, anyways. Henry called in with another wonderful film. Here's Art, Art House Asshole. I love Art House movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, nerds? It's Henry giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week's article is on Winter on Fire. Full title being Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. Uh, a lot of people have obviously heard about the struggles that Ukraine has gone through, whether it be the protests or, or just the war that they've been dealing with and then the invasion and all this different, all these different fun things that have happened in Ukraine in the past, ever since its independence, essentially. If you know nothing about it or you just have always heard, like, the coattails or the sidesteps of whatever is happening but don't understand the full situation, this is a great documentary to watch to understand it. It really breaks down pretty much why everything in Ukraine has been horrible ever since its, like, independence from the USSR. So... If you are interested in seeing it, it's on Netflix. Definitely check it out. Uh, there's not much else I can really say about it other than the fact that it is a very well-made documentary. Also made by the guy who made Oy Vey, My Son is Gay. But, you know, whatever. We'll, that's just not important. But it's an award-winning documentary. It was nominated for Best uh, best Documentary of the Year came out. Uh, and I strongly recommend it. So, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys like whatever you're seeing this week. Uh, be sure to check this film out on Netflix. And, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, you, you couldn't see the verbalization of it, but you could definitely see quotes around Wonderful when Ryan said it. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> you know, it's funny. He gets into those movies, and people who like those, I can't, I can't stand those independent movies where even documentaries, independent documentaries might even be more aggravating. There's a lot of them on Netflix. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I watched two of them this week. Did you? Oh, we're not talking about them. Okay, that's fine. Hey, at least he's doing stuff for the podcast. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, I appreciate it. I, it's just not something I care about. <laughs> that's why he's doing it because you could not send me to that because I'd be like, well, I fell asleep. Um, Did he record it in his bathroom again? I, yeah. I'd have to imagine so because that's the only quiet place in New York. Yeah, his uh, the one he did a couple weeks ago, Tony Erdman, uh, that three-hour comedy, I think it is. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's getting like best picture overseas, so I'm excited to. It's got some check foreign, it out when it gets here. Yeah. It's got foreign language. Yeah, not Brad can Oscar check that out. Was it the Israeli one? It. No, no, no. no. Uh, Tony Erdman is German, I want to say. I also want to point out that we've made it to the big time because Olivia Munn favorited one of my tweets. So we've just, we've crossed a threshold. That's right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Elmo Drafthouse retweeted my... I know. Dr. Strange. That was cool for me today. Yeah, pizza. Dude, if if, if you could conjure pizza, that'd be an awesome freaking 
Oh, totally. Like, <laughs> screw invincibility or yeah. flying. And here's your pepperoni. Yes. Isn't that kind of like what he did in that Jimmy Kimmel sketch? It is, with the kids. That was funny. <laughs> I'm Sorcerer Supreme, and I'm here to entertain your children. Yeah. <laughs> I love when the kid acts up and he pushes him into the hell dimension. <laughs> Good on him. Good on him. Hey, Brad, what's happening around town? You don't have anything, do you? I do. You do? This is what's happening around town with Bradley Egg. You, 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 around the town with Bradley Egg. <laughs> Please add that into the fucking... <laughs> we had a theme song, but James won't give it to me <laughs> to put in the shows. So. Uh, yeah, pretty much... Uh, <laughs> This week at the Esquire is uh, the Midnight is Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Is so, it really? Yeah, Ooh. I have that coming out on Blu-ray coming to me. Is that the animated Hanukkah movie? Yeah, yeah. it okay. is. The, uh, that the, no one's seen since two thousand two. Yeah, Whitey's yeah. uh, the old man's name, yeah. right? Look, yeah. you got to understand, it's just been me and Eleanor for fifty-seven years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical foul. <laughs> so if you want to see more of that, go to the Esquire Friday and Saturday. I do love Adam Sandler. Yep. And um, yeah, that's it for this week. See, that's a cool movie, yeah. though. The kind of different movie that they're doing. Yeah. Um, they won't know, show Star Wars, but they'll yeah. show. <laughs> um, what I remember about that movie, it's more emotional than I thought it is. I think you can say that about a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Is like they always have like some weight to them that people don't uh, anticipate. Nobody, nobody acknowledges the heart that isn't somebody who's... Yeah, and that, I mean, uh, to recap, it's this, about this guy named Davey who's a, kind of a butthead. And uh, the reason he's a butthead is because both his parents died in a fire on Hanukkah. And uh, so he, he's dealing with that guilt, and so he, that's why he doesn't like anybody. And it takes this uh, little old man named Whitey to get him out of it. Because he used to be like a great basketball player, guys. That's all I wanted to be. I don't remember any of this. No? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it in 10 years, and I remember it. Yeah, I haven't seen it since, since the theater. There was that like, period in my life where it was nothing but Adam Sandler movies, like up to 50 First Dates when it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Eight Crazy Nights like back to back to back for like three weekends in a row. Yeah, I'm interested to see cool. it again. It's uh, it's one of those new Sony Pictures Blu-rays on demand, so um, I'm interested to see what it comes with. I, I don't know if... It, I mean, like the Warner Archives, they put all the DVD features on it, so I don't know if Sony will do that. We'll see. Yep. I feel like I'm in, like, I'm, uh, like, broadband today, and everybody else is on dial-up. Like, I'm waiting for everybody to catch up to me. Brad just sitting there with a smug look on his face. I've already got enough to worry about because I'm making sure this doesn't just stop in the middle of the recording and making sure everyone's levels are staying good, so I'm just constantly like... Hey, Ryan, should we unspool some real news? Sure. It's real news! Did you guys see the Spider-Man trailer? (gasps) You you did. Can we play it? Yeah, let's play the Spider-Man trailer right now. Underoos! Hey everyone. I get to keep the suit? Of course. Doesn't fit me. Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there and that's where you operate. What's up guys? Wait a minute. You want the real Avengers. But this does not mean you're an Avenger, in case you were wondering. Oh. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. Oh. All right, kid. 
Good luck out there. The world's changing, boys. Time we change, too. Listen, Peter, forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm so sick of being treating me like a kid. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. Uh, the Spider-Man trailer is pretty wicked. I want that now. Can we go into Marvel right? Studios break in? Like, I don't care if we have to break Feige's arms. Uh, it was uh, it was impressive. You know, I being a Spider-Man fan, I'm I'm always going to be biased on anything I see in Spider-Man in it. And I think they did a good job. You got to make it funny because I think if I had one complaint about the Amazing Spider-Man series, it's so dour. Like he has to be so serious all the time. Hmm. At the beginning with like his parents and stuff, it's like just get rid of that. Just have him be Spider-Man. Let him have fun. I agree. And there was also the, uh, some of the stuff with the Vulture. Oh, it's great. It looks really good. I like that they added Tony in. I didn't know how I was going to feel about that, but it actually works very well. Especially he's what coming they set on up as with like C- a mentor figure kind of thing. Yeah, especially after what they set up with Civil War where he's, you know, he finds this kid in the middle of, uh, what is it, Queens? Yeah, Queens. Queens, yeah. And suddenly, like, he's thrust into the world of the Avengers and that first shot in the trailer is incredible where he's just like, you guys aren't the Avengers. You know how I knew that? Hulk gave it away. I might have to ask for your nerd card back. One, you didn't know my quote from Click. And then you didn't know where Spider-Man's from. I told you. I've told you before I'm not the biggest Spider-Man You don't yet. have to be a Spider-Man fan. If you saw Civil War, there's a huge thing that says Queens on the fucking screen. <laughs> I haven't seen Civil War since the theater, sir. It was about sir. three stories tall. You oh, couldn't yeah. miss it. I, I, okay. All right. Fine. Take away my nerd card here. Let me I am so embarrassed. Where did that one random asshole live? Cleveland! <laughs> <laughs> like right there in your face. Rip that shirt off. You don't deserve to wear it. I don't deserve Star Wars. You just oh. keep extra napkins in your pocket? No, there's no schedule for work. Oh. <laughs> Look like a restaurant napkin. I, I'm, I'm in need of a napkin. <laughs> Zach, please hit me I'm with that. Cry. Well, um, it's interesting. You know, watching the trailer uh, three times, the international trailer. Um, anything different in the international? Yeah, there's a, there's a shot of the shocker. Um, you could see Donald Glover's like bad guy. And... Uh, and there's a few more moments with Tony Stark. It kind of seems actually Tony is, it takes place like simultaneously with him getting the suit with, uh, before Civil War. And then it kind of takes over from there. Um, I still I like think the Weblings are dumb. You from like original Spider-Man? Yeah. The web they, they just, when he, oh. the, like under his arms. Well, yeah. how's he going to fight the Vulture? So. Uh... <laughs> I liked that it had, you know, it had the tone of both like a superhero flick mm-hmm. and also just like a high school flick, kind of, you oh, know, yeah, like absolutely. that Edge of Seventeen or Perks of a Wallflower or something yeah, like and, that. And I'm like always, freaks and geeks a little bit. Yeah, too. I'm always yeah. concerned when they're, you know, when they're saying, oh, it's going to be like a John Hughes superhero movie. And then when I see the trailer, I'm like, oh, I can kind of see that what they're going for. And it, they did something interesting. So uh, his best friend in it is Ned Leeds, who's in the comics is actually a reporter and is framed for being the Hobgoblin. And this, he looks like Genki from uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, 
where he's like his friend in this like boarding school and they're all like buddies and he knows he's Spider-Man. So it's kind of interesting. So they're kind of playing the ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I mean, a little bit with, the, I think, Michael Keaton as the Vulture. I mean, he sounds menacing. I freaking love it. Yeah. You know? And I'll I knew he'd, do, that. I mean, knew he'd be, do a good job. Michael Who, Keaton needs to be in more movies. Who's his love interest in this film? They're, they're not even saying. He might not even have one. And that's, I'm cool with When they with showed it. that girl in the trailer, right? Yeah. The one I, he was creepily staring at. Yeah. I, I thought think that was going to be their version of Mary Jane. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a... I mean, it's not a... I think they're trying to go with a different tone. So mm -hmm. he can... I think maybe he'll have crushes, but maybe not necessarily like a romantic interest. And if he does, that's fine. But it'd be nice to see him them have a movie where he just rescue some girl who's thrown somewhere or something. And, like, the kid who plays him, what's his name? Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah. He's, like, he's 19 or 20 in real yeah, life, but yeah. he looks so young. Like oh, he He does. looks like he could be, you know, 16 or something. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's why they cast him, too, because they want to make movies, a sequence of movies, or a series of movies where it's high school, where it's, you know, his... Um, one of the biggest complaints that Marvel thinks with Spider-Man is he seems too old now in the comics. Um, and if you keep him younger, it keeps it grounded. Well, now he's, like, a CEO of his own company. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. Plus, I mean, not the you can do more bad, movies but... as he gets older. Exactly. I mean, they've already announced the second one for 2019, so they must have a lot of faith in it to put one out so fast. That or they're gearing him up for the second part of the Avengers, uh, Infinity War, which makes more sense. I, I'm pretty sure Avengers is going to go, going to take place in space, the first one, or somewhere around there, and then Thanos is maybe going to come to Earth and they may need help. And that's when they call him the Spider-Man. Yes. Um... So yeah, I mean, there, actually, there's a quite a bit of trailers that came out yeah, this there week. Yeah, um, Also, uh, the trailer for The Mummy. I don't know if you guys saw this one with Tom Cruise. Well, let's show the audience. <laughs> let's do it.
please meet Princess Arminette. She will claim what she has been denied. But did you hear all those bats? Or <laughs> yes. was, it, was it bats or birds? I don't know yet. They were like some Why? kind of creature thing. That's a really Why quick does this trailer. look like a Mission Impossible movie? It does look like one with the mummy put into it. Because that's it the really only does. way you can sell monsters today. But I was... Have you, did you watch the behind the scenes thing with Tom Cruise? No, I didn't. But It's I, really interesting. He's actually the bad guy in it. Like He's not a good guy. Hmm. And I guess he's uh, the reason the mummy is like released is because he tries to rob... Oh, he like he's some sort of robber. I don't know. I might have misread. I know he's the bad guy, and I read an interview with him. And uh, so it's kind of like Dracula two thousand or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Dracula. Uh, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, that's a that's a nice drag pull out there. Um, well, because I mean, like they find Dracula's coffin or something, mm-hmm. then they unearth it, and then he goes around and like kills all the people yeah. who like released him. So yeah, it's yeah exactly. So I guess Tom Cruise isn't a good guy in it, and the behind the scenes thing is cool because. That scene that you saw in the trailer where they're in the airplane is actually shot in zero gravity. Like they took a space X plane up there uh, and they I, I shot it. I did read about that. That That's was pretty freaking how they did cool. Apollo 13. Yeah. And that, I think it's only Tom Cruise would be like, no, we're taking a jet up there. We're <laughs> shooting it up there. But that's what you get when you get Tom Cruise. I remember on the Chris Hardwick podcast with him, he was telling a really funny story about them landing a helicopter in that really famous square. It's not Piccadilly Circus in London, but it's another one. I forget which one it is. But they're like, oh, Trafalgar you know. Trafalgar Square? Maybe. Maybe it sounds right. But anyways, they said, oh, you know, we can just, you know, do shots and have you run out of the helicopter. And he's like, no, we're getting that shot. And I was like, okay, Tom, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it looks interesting. It looks different. It looks fun. I liked hearing a little line that uh, made me think back to the old Universal movies. Uh, Russell Crowe saying, welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. And that is a chill up my spine. That's a that's a tag of the movie. And yep. Russell Crowe plays uh, Van Helsing. No, he plays Doctor Jekyll. R- oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh wow. So sounds like a franchise. Oh, it is. <laughs> that's all they're they're doing. Connecting. Is it uh, the Wolfman? I think they're doing next. No, Invisible Man. Oh, Invisible Man with Johnny Depp. Van that's Helsing. right. That's where I'm getting it confused. So they're doing Invisible Man with Johnny Depp, Van Helsing, and then one other one. Yeah. But, I mean, from the trailer, it looks like it's set in modern day, right? It is. I almost would have rather had Tom Cruise running around in, like, 1920s period stuff. <laughs> that would have been awesome. He, you know, he needs to run. Hopefully the second trailer will have him running around a lot. I I, you know what I want him one. to see? I don't know. I want him to run up to the mummy and grab her bandage and just run really fast and it unwinds <laughs> her. And then she just turns to dust, Monster Squad style. <laughs> Copyright Realness Podcast. <laughs> do, you think, do you think the only way that Tom Cruise will win his Oscar is if he plays a marathon runner? <laughs> that that's how he wins his Oscar. He plays a marathon runner. He can't win I mean, he get really really thin for it. Like he what, would. Yeah, the Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. Just now, like racing. It's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> just announced remakes of remake of Chariots of Fire with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar gold. You know, I don't know if Tom Cruise cares about being having an Oscar. I don't think he does. I think he more cares about entertaining people. Yeah. He just sleeps on a bed of cash. That's enough yeah. for him. I mean, when you hear read articles with him, he literally has about eight movies going on at once. Because he actually shot a movie that I forget what they renamed it. It was originally called Mena, that finished filming before The Mummy, and it's coming out after The Mummy. He just runs from one set to the other. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> <laughs> Old Hollywood style. 
Uh, and hey, there's one more trailer this week, too. War of the Planet of the Apes? Which one are you thinking about, Brad? I got two more, but go ahead. Okay. this moment. The irony is we created you. And nature has been punishing us ever since. This is our last stand. And if we lose, It will be a planet of apes. This movie looks awesome. I didn't watch this one, but I didn't either. describe it. Uh, in it, it's just, again, it's Caesar. In a voiceover, he's talking about how they're fighting for one more like war. And then Woody Harrelson character comes on talking about how he's going to annihilate all the monkeys. And so there's going to be a huge battle. And obviously, well, if we know anything about Charlton Heston, that the monkeys are going to win. What sets this apart from the other movies? Because it sounds like the same plot. Um, I think yeah, because you had like Rise, and then what was the second one? Dawn. 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 Well, see, yeah, those ones, obviously the Rise is the discovery of making Caesar intelligent and with the drug. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn is more of them building... A society. A society, yeah. A society that is threatened by humans. And then this one just seems like it's an all-out war. Mm-hmm. But, a little but bit haven't they like... been warring in all these other movies? Not really. No, no except okay. for Battle of the Planet of the Apes, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which was the last one in the original series. So they may be doing something similar yeah, to that. Okay. Except like that. with, obviously, much more advanced visual acumen. Like, oh. there's that shot oh. where he's got the gun in his face. Is that just almost dramatic? Like, and, and that was the way I saw the beginning of the trailer was like the the still yeah. part of that. Oh, it's, it's amazing so going because I mean the first movie the I love special effects movies. are are pretty good, but the second one they're amazing, and this one is just a whole new level. Yeah, something about monkeys riding around on horseback with guns is pretty cool. And from the moment you saw it from the, in the first movie, it's just it captured your imagination. Yep. What was the other What trip? did he have? Now the one that Ryan's most excited about, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Oh, yeah. Are we, we going to play that one? No. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw that, like bef- I saw that before. I saw that before. Oh, 
Well, I've seen it twice this week. Have you? I saw it before my movie. That part where he runs yeah, out of the I saw plane, it too. like, and then out yeah, the cargo yeah. hold. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure it's something you could do. Not saying you're bad, but you don't have the resources of a hundred million dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, just the concept of it, like this, like the CGI ness of this one single shot where he runs from the cockpit <laughs> out the back of the plane. Like it just looks so. It's bad. Weird. And, and then I, there's the motorcycles that are like jet skis. Yeah. And what's him like snow skiing down trees? It's ridiculous. I hope that movie makes $500,000. $500, I really do. <laughs> it's not. I know. Of course it's not. It's going to be one of the top ten of the year. No way. Mm. He's, he's not good yeah, on his own. He, he's not good on his Isn't own. Isn't it like the most watched trailer like of the week? Like it has a ton oh, of views. There's no way. It's more than Spider-Man. I don't know. Well, I looked at the recording. I, I read somewhere I it was like the most viewed trailer this year or Is something. Is it really? Yeah. I know. So wait, what's the fifth one? I, th- I actually thought Ryan was going to talk about the Baywatch one because the Rock's oh the in Baywatch it, but... yeah. oh yeah I saw that before yeah, yeah so it was almost like the whole Fast and Furious crew because he had the Rock <laughs> in the Baywatch one and then he had Vin Diesel yep. in the Triple X thing I think that actually the new Fast and Furious one comes out this today which has been changed to the Fate of the Furious yeah but they didn't put what? the eight as an eight <laughs> no so, total lost opportunity totally lost. <laughs> See, what they should do is they should just have a crossover where Triple X, Xander Cage, goes to Baywatch, and they have to work with him, and he has to work with them and do stuff. I don't know. What do they even do in those movies? I have no idea. Well, Baywatch to... is a reboot, so... Yeah, Baywatch seems like it's kind of like a Jump just... Street Yeah, I'm not even a fan of Baywatch, yeah. but like, it looks like a 22 Jump Street sequel, so... <laughs> yeah, it looks funny. I like that. My balls are telling me we need to go in there and kick some ass. Well, my balls are saying, let's just go around. Why do your balls sound like a three-year-old boy? This <laughs> is also the way to talk. But there was. Oh, The Rock. <laughs> oh, I love him. This has just been great. his year, hasn't it? Oh, he's... The year know, he's, of The Rock. He's pretty on point. He doesn't have too many missteps. Even, like, that Journey 2 movie, I still think made, like, $300 million. Like, that looks stupid. But you know what I remembered the other day? He's in that movie, Get Smart. Yeah. And he's oh, yeah. good in that. He's really good in it. I think that was the first time I started taking The Rock seriously as an actor, was Get Smart. Mine was The Rundown. Really? <laughs> yeah, know. he's great in The Rundown. Mm-hmm. I was well, like, he can be like the next Arnold, but then he kind of went a different way. He kind of does uh, whatever he wants. There's a particular shot in Get Smart that he does where he's doing the slow-mo walk where he's like the sexy guy, then he just slams right into a wall. I was just like, oh, he's playing that kind of angle. Because The Rock is awesome. Yep. Um, in other news, Doug Rolanti is directing a remake of... Doug? Greg. Greg, oh, sorry, Greg <laughs> Rolanti is directing a remake of Little Shop of Horrors, now, which... Who's Another Greg? remake? Yeah, a remake of a remake. What is the, uh, filmography of Greg? He does all the CW superhero shows. Oh, okay. He's, is he the showrunner on every single one? I think I he think is. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he... I think he's getting to a point with Warner Brothers where he can probably do whatever he wants because his shows are super successful. I have never watched them, but I know people I that have. Uh, do like we'll them. We'll get into that later. But okay. Yes. Um, I've never watched them, but I know people love them. I know this because um, I was supposed to do a panel with Stephen Amell two Comic-Cons ago, mm-hmm. and I had people coming up to me begging me for that panel. I was like, okay, you can take it. I don't, I've never watched Arrow. You Really? Stephen Amell? Okay, cool. Do you want one of mine? No. <laughs> you, you can take that one. And you know what? I'm sure he did a great job on it because... <laughs> I would do it, and I'd be really great at it because I'm good at panels, but I've never watched Arrow, so I'd rather give it to someone who would really appreciate it. Well, now it. you could talk about that Teenage Mutant Ninja 2 movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 movie. Exactly. Out I'd of the like, shadows that he plays some, some guy who Casey roller skates Jones. on a chair. 
Brad, have you watched that since? I'm just gonna ignore all that. <laughs> uh, As a turtle fan, I'm just gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna ignore my comments, or you're gonna ignore the movie, or both? No, I've seen the movie plenty. Oh, it's just it's just like the, that guy. He's just Casey Jones is like a major character. <laughs> so yeah, Ninja Turtles nerd over here, we're like, oh, okay, he's not that popular apparently. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Cloverfield three has been moved to October. Which really is God Particle, and it's supposed to come out, I think, in February. But they, or is they moved it? it? According to Yahoo News. Yeah, who knows? They were like, we don't know. <laughs> well, e- either do I. It's already out. It's been out for three weeks. Yeah, we just don't know dun, about dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, you know what we didn't mention last week was uh, Grant Tinker died. I'm that's the only right. one to know. Who's that? Uh, he was married to Mary Tyler Moore for like a while. And oh, he, that's right. And he started the whole MTM Enterprises, so like all those great classic shows. Like the Mary Tyler Moore show, um, a lot of NBC's stuff. Like I think he helped NBC rise out of mediocrity in the eighties, seventies uh, and eighties. So, hmm. well, yeah, and right. other celebrity deaths. We had the guy who plays um, Maester. What's his face? Peter Vaughn. Yeah, Peter Vaughn, who plays Maester. Uh, his name just left my head. What's his name? Maester. On Game of Thrones. The very old guy. Yeah, the really old guy at the wall. People okay. probably don't even really know his name. Mr. Yeah. Heyman, there you go. Yeah, he's uh, he's in charge of the wall. Well, not really, but kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he died and he was like, what, 93, 94? Yeah, yeah. Good, good run. He was still acting even like a year or two ago. So good for him. Yeah, He absolutely. was even able to act into his 90s. No, I agree. Anytime you can do what you love and continue to do it into your 90s, you've done pretty well in your life. Um, not too much more. Uh, Gareth Edwards talked about the Rogue One reshoots, and he just said, hey, I watched the movie. It needed work. I went to Disney, and I said, yeah, here's more money, and they added over a 1,000 more visual effects shots. So we had nothing to worry about, guys. No, and uh, he said, too, in the interview that they already planned for reshoots, um, and he said what happened was is he was shooting and when they were shooting certain scenes, he realized some moments were missing in space battles or in on the ground when they were fighting. So what he did is he went in and re-edited it and then added a bunch of scenes to give it more weight. And from what we've read online, I guess he did a really good job. So good for him. Having the balls to stand up. I don't think I've seen a bad review for it yet. I have any of you? No. Nope. I'm trying not to read reviews. I, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm I mean, just, it was spoiler-free. It was just like, yeah. oh, hey, it's really good. Yeah, I've just been reading like the celebrity tweets about it. Um, and I, yeah, I guess they're also starting to show some footage from Logan. They showed the first 40 minutes, and people are saying it's like the cool superhero movie because it's way different. Nice. So, yeah. Mm, that's it for news. Lots of trailers. Lots of fun stuff. Am I forgetting something, Brad? No. Just checking. Not yet. Oh, wait. I thought of... Did you guys hear that there's a rumor going around that the new Star Wars so Episode Eight might be named The Forces of Destiny? Mm-mm. Because of all the... it again? I know. See, but supposedly they had, like, a... Su- submitted for copyright in England or something for, like, all sorts of, like, movies and pillowcases and just, like, anything that you would ever put the title of a movie on, basically... So it's like, it's not for certain that that's what it's going to be called, but there's a strong possibility that that's why they submitted for that. It might be related to another property, like a video game or something. And that's also possible, but 
you know, they were saying like because of you know Rogue One's coming out, this would be the perfect time to announce yeah, the, probably will the name soon. or to put out like a really short teaser trailer, like just five seconds with the name on it or something. I think they, I think they wrapped filming this week on that movie, or maybe last week. I know they've been done for a couple. Maybe they've been done for a couple weeks. Probably have to all the they special effects. Just do a five-second teaser that just has the Star Wars font saying "Give us your money." <laughs> done, and we'd all go. <laughs> You're like, fuck it. You know you're coming. <laughs> Even if we don't show anything in this trailer, you're, you're going to be there. It's just, it's just you in a stormtrooper outfit just going like, what? What are you going to do? <laughs> Episode 9. Wait, did you not see it? Come on. Uh, this is a big week for movie releases on Blu-ray. I think they're gearing up for some Christmas stuff. So uh, here's what's coming out on Blu-ray. Blu-ray and Blu-ray 4K. DVD releases and Blu-rays. And are we, are, are we going to get to the point where we're going to just say, yeah, here's the 4K releases? Um, no. <laughs> Not enough of them. The, uh, way we, we, the way we spurn DVD. Yeah. Uh, Morgan is coming out, which is directed by Ridley Scott's brother. Is that right? Tony Scott? He's dead. No, not that one. The other one. <laughs> he has another <laughs> brother? Ziggy Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I forget it's somebody's brother. Um, so yeah, that movie lasts in theaters for two weeks. Do that. Uh, the, the big release is uh, Suicide Squad is coming out, an extended edition, which according to Blu-ray.com, doesn't matter. Um, you know, I pre-ordered the Steelbook at Best Buy, but they won't let me pick it up at the store. They have to mail it to me. Why? So I'm expecting to get a dented copy. Yeah, that's why I canceled the order and just go pick it up in the store. I don't think they're <laughs> actually think they would want you to pick it up in the store, because then you can look at other products and buy them, potentially. That's how I bought every other Steelbook from them this year, but yeah. this one they're going to mail to me. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, Brad touched on it. They actually have quite a bit of different editions on it. If you order it from Amazon, you can pick a Harley oh. Quinn or Deadshot statue. statue. The statues are actually the pretty sweet ones. They're like $150 statues. And I think you can get the movie and the statue for $150. Um, I think Target has a digibook. Di- Target has a digibook. Um, but what if I want a Killer Croc one, Ryan? Well, you're not getting them. <laughs> did you, speaking of which, did you see the new Clayface action figure? Oh, man, it's awesome. Andrew showed it to me. Who's making it? Uh, it's oh, it's based on the animated series, so it's DC uh, Direct or whatever. Wait, what is it like the DC, like the Bruce Tim? Yeah, the the one and that it, was voiced by Ron Perlman. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah, whatever nice. his name. And is. so it comes in like remember the the Batwing or the uh, uh, Man Bat? It's in a package that big, and he has like six different arms. It's pretty awesome. Now, because there were two models of Killer, Killer Croc throughout the series, because when they switched to the WB, they were. Yeah, I'm talking about Clayface. One. Oh, it's Clayface. Mm-hmm. Still. That's the one that can like shape change. Yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, oh, because you said Killer Croc about the DVD. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, but you should if you're interested. I might pick it up. That's two of my favorite episodes ever on that show is uh, uh, Feet of Clay, where yeah. he, it's his origin. And I always thought it was really creepy at the end where he's in that control room with the TVs and Batman hits all the TVs and he keeps on morphing into p- different people's faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been sweet if that head was in there. But he uh, was also in a few episodes of the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I think, because there's, like, the one where mm-hmm. he walks into the, like, Batman walks into the warehouse and Clayface shows up and he's like, oh, so you just decided to come alone? Like, I brought backup. And then Batman's like, oh, I did too. Boom. <laughs> and then the Justice League shows up and kicks their ass. Nice. The, uh, I have a Clayface figure from, like, back in the day when they did mm-hmm. one of him and it was kind of, like, uh, malleable. Mm. Is, it, is it also kind of squishy? I don't, I don't think so. I didn't have a chance to open it. I should have spotted it from Andrew, but... Like, it's pretty awesome. It's in a huge package, and you change them out and stuff. And 
He's way cooler on the cartoon does than he have, is in. You say, does he have different faces too? Like he can change. Uh, yeah, like he has Batman's two. Face. He has two faces. I don't know. I don't know how many faces he has, but he has a bunch of different arms that you can put on him. Hmm. Um, so yeah, cool. Good job, DC. They always make cool toys. Uh, the Chicago Cubs World Series champions is coming out for all you Cubs fans out there. I think my dad would want that just for the nostalgia alone. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is coming out, which Brad saw and attempted to explain to us. And we didn't understand what he was talking about. <laughs> We could, neither of us could. I was just blown away how you butchered that title. <laughs> what, what the fuck is it? I don't even know what it is. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. What did I say? You just slurred your speech you, like you, incredibly. Miss Peregrine's Peewee Big Adventure. Like you, couldn't, like you couldn't get through it fast enough because you hate it so much. You know, that's not fair because I haven't seen it. Garbage. Yeah. It's from Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Twilight Zone complete series on Blu-ray is coming out. Love that show. Is it still on Netflix? Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Hellraiser, the Scarlet Box limited editions coming out. Is that the one from Arrow? Yeah. Arrow, yeah. Okay. Um, which you can't get anymore, by the way. Darn it. Uh, if you try to order it on Amazon right now, it says it's out of uh, currently unavailable. And I ordered it the day it was available, and my delivery date is still pending. So I might not be getting it either. Speaking of shout, uh, those Robocop 2 and 3 that they're bringing out are pretty cool. Yeah. Not this week, but... Uh, was it February? February, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised that they had those on. But I, I think they bought the MGM Orion like catalog. Yeah. So. But they don't have the first RoboCop on there. No, I'm, because they probably still. Who made the Blu-ray for it originally? MGM. Did they? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that it's a rights issue. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Uh, Bridget Jones's baby is coming out. Which I, I actually think is one of finally I, I I get to see the child of something that I could give two shits about. Yep. Uh, Creep Show 2, Collector's Edition, also from Arrow, is also coming out. Um, Black Christmas from Scream Factory is coming out, which is a huge like exploitation film. Like a slasher before slashers. Like a, it was just before Halloween. Uh, yeah, like four years, I what, think. Yeah, four years apart. Um, and uh, that's it, because my kid took my uh, iPad. <laughs> did any of you see Bridget Jones, baby? No. no. Brad did, but he didn't talk about it on the show. Oh, wait, no, I did, didn't I? You did? Wait, no, that was a Big Fat Creek Wedding. Oh, was it? Oh, that's right, you did talk about Big Fat I thought it was one of your drive-in triple features. I can see those being the same, though. <laughs> but like I said, I actually think got pretty good reviews. Oh. Yeah, so I was curious to hear what you guys thought of it, but it sounds like you didn't see it. Did you yeah. see it? I did not. Oh, I... I've seen the other two, though, so that's why it was... I, know I didn't want up. to pay money to go see it in the theater. I'll just wait <laughs> till it's on Netflix. Good choice. I know I messed up my summer fantasy movie league. <laughs> yep. Rude. Yeah. Already stinking babies. Yeah. <laughs> For a second uh, there, I thought he was yelling out podcast, podcast. <laughs> Kellen, what are you playing? <laughs> he just bit this <laughs> microphone. All right, we'll bill you. <laughs> uh, before we get into movies, we're watching. I just want to give a shout out to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, and Andrew. Um, right now, during the month of December, if you spend $25, you get a roll dice, and depending on the money, that, or the, the money, the amount you get on the dice, it's basically Yahtzee, so the combination of uh, total on your die roll, uh, you get a certain amount towards uh, the comic store, or your cards, or whatever. So they have six different levels, so like level one, you get a free like dollar comic, all the way up to level six, which I think is like $25 store credit. So, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and spend money. Because also, their uh, comics they have up on the wall are 20% off right now. Nice. So you can get a good comic for cheap. 
When I was there, someone bought the first appearance of Deadpool. Deadpool's hot now. He is. Too bad he was drawn by Rob Liefeld. Is he still? Ah, no. <laughs> Rob Liefeld doesn't get jobs anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He does. He's a horrible artist. He always draws people like with their mouths doing this. And he never draws feet. It's really weird. If you go, I forget, just type in Google, type in the worst 40 drawings by Rob Liefeld. And like he'll have hands that just disappear. I know his Captain America is pretty iconic. Oh, yeah, pretty iconic. Uh, so like Captain America's head... Is, so he's like standing looking at you, uh-huh. and the barrel of his chest sticks out so far that it looks like he he ate somebody and is like stuck on him. <laughs> and he's also as tall as a, a a light pole outside. It's pretty great. Yeah, just type in the worst. So 40. like the rancor. Yes, very much like the <laughs> rancor. Um, besides seeing a movie of the week, we also see movies throughout the week. This is what we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what have you been watching this week? Oh my gosh, I've been watching so much. Good. Mostly TV, so we can go through it pretty fast. Fast. Um, so I watched the finale of Westworld, and um, it was pretty good. The first twenty or thirty minutes, what they gave us like two major revelations, um, but then like the last thirty minutes, I was kind of disappointed. Like they still did a good job with it, but they kind of just went in a very predictable direction. So even if you know the basic premise of Westworld. You can kind of already guess how it ends. Um, and then we were talking about the CW superhero shows. Mm-hmm. So I watched The Flash and Supergirl, and I watched the first seasons of Legends of Tomorrow. And this week I caught up on <laughs> The Flash, um, minus the four-part um, or the four-part crossover with the invasion. And then I watched the most recent episode of Legends of Tomorrow. So, so it seems like Legends of Tomorrow though is like their lesser. It show. kind of is, yeah. But I mean, it's still, I, I think it's entertaining and it moves pretty fast. Even if, you know, a lot of the beats are very repetitive. It's like some character has information that they don't feel like they should share with the other people. And then eventually they have to share it. And then everybody flips out and then they have to go work together to correct whatever it is. And But like the character dynamics on that show are really strong. Like they really do feel like one cohesive unit of like a, like a family, like a, a ship, you know, like. Star Trek or something. And, you know, at least Brandon Routh is on that. He can get past his Superman debacle. Yeah, he's Captain Adam. So, and then I watched the pilot of the show called Chance, which has Hugh Laurie, and he's like a consulting psychiatrist or something. And he is very overwhelmed by his job, and then he also has this really shitty divorce that he's going through. So, you know, it's kind of... he. He's trying to make money so that he can get through his divorce, um, you know, like on the side. And then he kind of gets pulled into this kind of underworld, um, like criminal thing. I don't know. I've only seen the first episode, but at the very end, he um, is walking down this alleyway with this big guy. And he had like pulled out a bunch of money and then everybody's like following them because they want to jump him and get his money. And then the really big guy like beats them all up and probably kills a bunch of them. So, and then at the end, he's just kind of walking away like, oh, this is my life now. Okay. So. I'm always surprised that Hugh Laurie is British. Yeah. Because he was house for so long. Mm -hmm. Is his character's name Chance? Yeah, his last name is Chance. (laughs) It's Dr. John Chance or something. I don't remember. It's like Dr. House. All right. Yep, pretty much. But, yeah. One more series and he'll have to complete his Dr. Trilogy. 
And um, what else did I watch? Oh, I wrote it all down. Oh, I watched The Jungle Book. Nice. Yeah, so, so did I. I totally remember that. No, I, I, but this was the newer one. By doing one. that, you just made our podcast long because now Brad's going to talk okay. for more. No, I'll just talk about it. I'll talk about it with her. Okay. Kidding. This is officially turned into a free well, we can because that's also what I watched this week. So what did you okay, think? Okay, well, um, well, I... So I watched it, and then I went back and re-listened to the podcast that you guys had done, and you just kind of went through it pretty fast. But, you know, it's pretty much, very much like the original. Um, I thought it was really good, very spectacular. A lot of the um, voice actors did a good job, especially Idris Elba and Ben Kingsley. Um, I think Idris uh, Elba's amazing in that movie, as Shere Khan. Yeah, he mm -hmm. really is. And that scene that you guys were talking about where Shere Khan throws Akila off the cliff, I really like the scene where he has the pups with him, and he's like kind of um, threatening them to their mom. I forget Raksha or something. Right uh huh. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> like I was like, holy shit! This is creepy in a Disney movie, man. <laughs> it's like he is a tiger, and I'm afraid of him. Yep. So it was really good. I I don't know how I feel about the ending. Oh, like, where he doesn't. Uh, where he doesn't go back to the main village. Yeah. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. It, I mean... It He's just sitting in there in the tree with Bigger and Baloo, and it's kind of like, oh, they're all now one happy family, and nothing bad will ever happen to them again. It's a little too, um, like, you know, has the bow on top of it and everything. There's this, there's this consensus in, in, in the history of Disney that that original ending, where mm -hmm. he does go off to the man village and is enticed by just a song is actually kind of weak by Disney standards. And I can understand that. So I, I kind of get why they felt they needed to change it up, but that the image that I missed from the remake, the only thing that I was wanting from the remake, um, was that image of uh, Baloo and... Uh, uh, Bagheera, Bagheera walking off. walking off. Uh -huh. Just, just <laughs> arm in arm, like buddies. Yep. Uh -huh. I didn't get that, but I got something just as, just as nice at the same time. So... And it also opens up with the original music, which I really like. Yeah, totally yeah, that part it. gave me chills. Um, I wasn't really on board with Christopher Walken, but I did like his character design. And I don't know, I guess I'm just not a huge Bill Murray fan. He is Baloo is a little bit weird to me. But, He's I mean, it, it fit that artist. incarnation of the character, so they, I think they just made him a little too, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, just a little too lazy. I like how all the different animals come up to him. Uh -huh. like, I know he's going to try to get, will you shut up? <laughs> I think the movie's pretty fun. Like, I had a lot of fun watching it. Oh, yeah. And it's it's quick. I mean, it's like an hour and 40 minutes. And yeah. it goes by really fast. Special effects are pretty amazing in it. Yeah. There, there were different shots where I was like, holy shit, they look real. And then yeah. other times I was like, that looks so fake. <laughs> so it just kind of wavered a little bit. For, but yeah, for the most part, it looked very realistic. But... So I know that they're going to do like this Lion King remake with like that same kind of technology, mm -hmm. which makes no sense because there's no humans in the Lion King, which I mean, at least in this one, you had Mowgli. So it kind of made sense. 
But I think what they should really do is remake Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> Could you imagine that scene where Cody flies on, on the big eagle, Marahute, where they do like that whole iconic and jumping off you the You know, I haven't hole. heard of Rescuers Down Under pull out in a long time. <laughs> that movie is so underrated. Heck, even if they did the first Rescuers, it would still like be fascinating yeah. to see that technology and at work. Honestly, I, I understand why they're going back and they're remaking all these like really big classics, you know, like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. But it's like, wouldn't it be of more benefit for them if they remade some of these properties that either are really obscure or really kind of lower quality, at least by Disney standards? You know, like The Rescuers. Who likes The Rescuers? Not many people. Not many people. And nobody hey. even talks about it because nobody remembers it because it's not like a big classic. It was like in the Dark Ages or something. It's got or way the more Black sequel Hall than Man. Oliver and Company, so it's <laughs> yeah, already doing Oliver better. Yeah, Oliver and Company. Why don't they remake that? Oh, that would poor be Brad. How about a great Mouse Detective live action remake? <laughs> that would it's be called awesome. Sherlock, genius. Yeah, you can see it with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, that's right. Damn it. <laughs> or Benedict Cumberbatch, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, oh, I... Watched the most recent episode of the Grand Tour, which is the basically just Top Gear. And I know James isn't here to talk about it with me, but you guys don't watch it, right? No. No. But I like this most recent episode. They had to make the bodies of cars out of environmentally friendly materials. So the one guy made his out of mud, and then he had to change it to bricks because the mud was too heavy. Then the other guy made his out of, like, trees, like wood. Like, just had, like, a vine or something growing around his car. And then the other guy made it out of um, cow bones and cow hides. Hmm. So, yeah. I, I always like those episodes where they had to make something. Yeah. And, oh, so then the last thing I watched was this show on Netflix is called Medici, Masters of Florence. Have you guys heard of this? Sounds familiar. So it's um, based on the Medici family in Florence, so you're like, who's that? But they're basically like these really wealthy, they're not nobles, but they're kind of like that next step down where they're, I don't know, gentry or like really rich merchants or something. But they're trying to kind of make that rise up to the nobility and they have a lot of money. And so it's about like their family just trying to gain political power and then keep it. So kind of in that same um, tone as like the Borgias or the Tudors. The costumes are beautiful. The set designs are beautiful. Like, the production value on this show is amazing. And it has Richard Madden, uh, who plays, um, not Jon Snow. What's the, what's the, Rob, King, Rob, King in the North on Game of Thrones, the really good-looking guy. Oh, now I know who you're talking about. (laughs) It has him as the son who takes over, and then in flashbacks, we see his father, who dies in the first episode, um, but it's played by Dustin Hoffman. Okay. So, and then they have a bunch of other actors that I recognize from, like, really obscure British things, but those are, like, the two really big names. So, if you're at all interested in, like, Italian history or Game of Thrones or Borgia-style <laughs> shows, Did they show how they made watch, spaghetti? It's, <laughs> it's Medici, Masters of Florence. It's eight episodes. Each episode's about an hour long, and it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix series. Spaghetti Marinara of Florence. Got it. Medici. Carbonara. (laughs) Which I always thought it was Medici because, you know, I'm stupid and I went to American school. Mussolini, Mussolini, got it. Everybody keeps pronouncing it Medici on the show, so that's, I guess, how it's pronounced, really. You know, uh, Christopher Nolan calls Rachel Ghul Razagul, so it's not necessarily the authority is right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I looked it, I looked yeah. up yeah. That one always bugged me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy calls him Ray Shagul. And I yeah, looked didn't it they up. even have a joke about that in Batman Beyond? Maybe they did. I don't remember. Because he's like, oh yeah, Ra's al Ghul. And then Tali's like, actually it's Raish. That'd be awesome if it was true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. I don't now, know. Now, now I'm thinking about it. If I ever run into Christopher Nolan, I'll ask him what the deal who, is. Who? What the fuck, man? Well, you know who, who we needed to ask? Was it, uh, who created Ray Shagul? Denny O'Neill? That's who we need to ask. Yeah. Actually, I just thought of, um, also in Batman Begins, like, I always thought it was Carmine Falcone, but mm-hmm. in the movie, it's Falcone, so. Hmm. Never know. Yep. What so, else you watch, Brad? Yep, sorry. That was all I watched. I'm just double-checking my list. No worries. Brad? That's me? Yep. Um, well, I also saw The Jungle Book, but it was kind of like while I was working on stuff, so... Um, you had seen it before, right? No. No? I, I missed that Oh, week. okay. Um, but it was on Netflix. I, I decided to k- catch up on it because it's a 2016, you know, for film explosion and all. Um, but I, I was kind of bored, really. I, uh, part of it's maybe because I know the story already from the original animated version, um, but I thought the, like, there's so much CGI compositing in it. Um, I just didn't hold up well for me and like like it's almost like the shots are too dynamic like there's just too much movement all the time um so but there were cool parts like the you know uh, throwing a key off of like good heartfelt moments um another thing that bugged me is like so when he's going when like in the first part of the movie when he's finding baloo or like before he finds baloo like he goes from the jungle and like he and bagheera walk 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 and then they go through like the prairie part and then he gets on, like, the oxen or something, and then he goes down the gorge or whatever. And then he finds Baloo, and then he finds the man village. And then at the end, when he has the fire, and he runs from the man village, all apparently all the way back to, like, his home rock, whatever that is, in, like, five minutes. So it's like, how did the, like, they either must have taken, like, a really long indirect route or something, because that didn't make any sense. To throw it off the scent. Who cares? The kids won't notice. <laughs> I noticed. That too. That's what they said. <laughs> They're making it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a space, spatial issue <laughs> in in Favreau's directing, I guess. Was it Favreau? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then I watched um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I haven't seen that in years. Which on DVD, I've only been able to find full frame. But on Netflix, it says widescreen, but I still can't tell if they just zoomed in and made it widescreen <laughs> from the full frame. It looks pretty widescreen, so uh, hopefully that comes out on Blu-ray soon. Um, and that's fun. Um, obviously, it has 80s matte lines and yeah. special effects, so that doesn't hold up well. But I think as a kid, though, it, as a kid, it's always cool to be hiding in Legos or yeah, something, like, you know? And, yeah, I'm sure it was low budget at the time because um, they didn't shell out a ton of money for kids' movies back then like they do now. But, like, you know, all those giant blades of grass and giant Legos and stuff, like, that's not, like, that's a lot of work on the cheap. Uh, like, nowadays, it would just be CGI, obviously. But, um, and then that animatronic ant is way impressive. Like, I agree. There's tons of detail into it, and it, like, moves really well. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's a fun movie. Uh, watch again. And then... Um, you said yeah. that's on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you want to watch the HD version of it, it's on there. Because I, I don't think there's a Blu-ray out of it. I don't think so. Uh, but like I said, the DVD I have is just full frame, so it's 25% missing. Um, and then uh, I decided to check out, like, I just pick random stuff off my... Oh, by the way, my Netflix queue, I watched all the movies off of it, so now it's just TV shows. Oh, wow. So 
I don't know. It's a yeah, goal I had. I know you had. I remember you saying you had tons on there. Yeah, I whittled it down to yeah, just TV shows, recurring TV shows. Um, but yeah, so I also checked out The Rock, um, Michael Bay's The Rock, um, which you know here on po- you didn't check out like the actual like you found yeah I didn't go to Alcatraz <laughs> you found <laughs> Dwayne Johnson somewhere and yeah like, hey can I check you out please uh, it's like I don't know I I a lot of these like humor podcasts they talk about like The Rock being tons of fun and mm-hmm. like I watched it once back when it came out or whatever so I checked out again I'm like. Yep. I don't see the appeal. Yep, I agree. And supposedly that's one of the better Michael exactly. Bay films, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I'll oh, check boy. this out again. Like, this seems fun. And then uh, Sean Connery doesn't show up to like 45 minutes in the movie. Um, I don't remember uh, Nicolas Cage being as hyper and weird all the way back then. Like, he is now <laughs> in his acting, but he is way over the top, even in this movie. Um, that's a really weird duo. Sean Connery and Nick Cage. I don't want to speak for Sean Connery, but I that feel like watching That would be like, like Maggie movie, Smith and Justin Bieber or something. Yeah. I could sense on the screen from watching it that Sean Connery's like, what did I sign up for? Money. Like, Sean Connery's <laughs> on point, and like, yeah, Nicholas uh, Cage is just way off the deep end, like overemphasizing every line. Yeah, like, you could just say he wants to say that. Send me the money to my trailer. <laughs> Between takes, he's just like, Nick, dial it down. <laughs> I'm trying to be dramatic God here. Sake, Cage. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what's the other thing I watched? Oh, yeah, I watched uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen? Leslie Nielsen's Mr. Magoo. I love Leslie Nielsen. Um, and I was, I, I, like, doing my research, like, my Netflix, like, recently watched, hadn't, like, saved all the shows I watched, but Jennifer Garner showed up in a commercial over here, like, a couple <laughs> minutes ago, and I remember, because she's in that movie. Is she really? Yeah, she's, like, this princess who, uh, like, has, there, there's this diamond in a, uh, in a museum, and her it's from her country, and so she's there to represent it. And Mr. Magoo, I think he has a nephew uh, with him, and he's like he's he's a sponsor of the museum, so they have to go to the ribbon cutting ceremony or whatever. I I, I don't remember anything about this movie. Yeah, and then uh, Malcolm McDowell is the villain, and he's hired like uh, uh, some super spy, and then this other. Uh, What's the premise mercenary. of this movie? It's this duel. Uh, the spies are trying to take this duel, and then Mr. Magoo just stumbles around like. like He's on the security footage because he, like, stumbled into a coffin or something. Um, and so, like, he's there when the security gets tripped so that everyone thinks, like, the FBI thinks he took it. So they're on, uh, so they're trying to trap Mr. Magoo. But meanwhile, like, these spies, uh, like, bumble it, and the jewel ends up in his fishing tackle box. And so they're trying to get back from Mr. Magoo, who doesn't even know he has it. Um, and it's just completely dumb. They really stretched out a ten-minute-a-piece cartoon yeah. of a blind old man. The cool part is they bookend the movie with actual animation of Mr. Magoo. Oh, nice. Uh, but then it cuts, yeah, to Leslie Nielsen, who's not even fully bald. They give him, like, this <laughs> half-bald cap, and um, he's basically doing his uh, um, naked gun shtick. Brain uh, trapping. But more kid-friendly. Um, so, but yeah. <laughs> no smacking of the Queen of England in this one? Um, <laughs> I think they smacked someone important. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it's one of those um, mid-90s comedies that, you know, all those obscure things that, you know, watched once back in the day. I always try to, like, catch on Netflix again. <laughs> right. be, like, I don't remember myself. anything about it when you even tell me about it. I'm like, I don't remember that in that movie at all. Yeah, but it's like in the vein of, you know, all those, like, spy comedies, like, silly, like the uh, the tuxedo and medallion. Like, it just has that same vibe. Mm. Um, so, uh Yeah. And then I watched some more. They have another uh, 
bunch of Bob Ross <laughs> uh, on Netflix. It's all winter winter paintings. So, but they have a ton of them this time. It's like thirty oh, of them. Oh, that's why they're calling it Chill with Bob Ross. Exactly. Ooh. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but they, I was actually surprised because the like the first six of them, are, you know, it's, it's like trees and mountains and snow, and then halfway through, he finally changes it up to where there's like this like completely black canvas, and he does like these white aspens on it, and then he throws gesso on top of it, and then he does uh, yellow and blue, and then gesso paints on top of that. Cum. <laughs> Art cum. <laughs> Clear uh, paint. I, I painted it <laughs> all through high school, and I always used to call it cum, because it's literally like <laughs> it's milky paint. white. Yeah. Um, Great you had, visual there. Yeah, I think, anytime. You had Mr. McGinnis, he hated Bob Ross with a passion yeah um, oh there's also an episode where he uh has a son come on really yeah <laughs> imagine like um long like everyone knows what bob ross looks like but imagine like a taller version of him with like really long 70s hair like porn stash nice um <laughs> uh the, the the jeans with the Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, thank you uh and then like the half open shirt and everything <laughs> and he's awesome his painting style is like um, it almost looks like he doesn't care as much about his brush strokes. Like he's just kind of like going through the motions. Like, oh, my dad forced me to do this episode. <laughs> um, like he he does like two lines for the mountain. Like Bob Ross does a palette knife and like really makes the mountains look like mountains. Oh yeah. But his son just goes like takes a regular brush and just like streaks like, like a really shallow, <laughs> almost a hill, blue hill twice across the canvas, and then he gets really into the trees. <laughs> so yeah, but. This is yeah, it's fun. I've never seen like an episode that he Bob Ross didn't do. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun. It's a good background work <laughs> thing. So I guess it, that leaves Zach. Um, so I watched the Jungle Book as well on Netflix, and uh, I uh, I still dig it. Um, still one of the more inventive films I've seen this year, um, even though it's a remake. Um, I watched a lot of foreign language films and uh, documentaries this week. Boring um, next. <laughs> Honk, if you love those things. Somebody outside letting us know they're here. Do you know there's a Colorado <laughs> statue that it's against a lot of honk just for no reason? So. <laughs> How do they know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're only supposed to use your uh, horn to prevent an accident. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're just riding down the street honking, just so you know. Go there, stop them. I, <laughs> I, I, I just educated people. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the first of those films was a movie called The Man from Nowhere. Uh, it's a Chinese film, and, uh, it's about a pawn shop owner who gets involved in a revenge, uh, in a revenge type scenario. Um, it's, it's a pretty standard story. I wouldn't say that it was anything that I haven't seen before, but the action sequences in it are fucking incredible. There's a lot of first person, um, uh, motion with the camera that I have not seen in fight scenes before. Um, specifically with this knife fight that's perfectly match cut to the point where I was just like, this is just like a beautiful dance right here. Um, the other one that I watched was one called The Divine Move, which is about, it's called Go in the movie, but I don't know what the game is exactly. It's like, uh, it looked like Chinese checkers or something. That's Go. Go, yeah. Um, uh, but it's this Korean film about a man who... Uh, Get, his brother dies at the hands of these Go players who are um, playing for profit, and uh, he gets trained in prison to seek revenge for the death of his brother. And it it has this weird '70s vibe to it. The soundtrack is very poppy and funky. Um, the fight scenes are 
shot mainly on a wide shot and not really a lot of close-up imagery of mm -hmm. what's going on with each particular move. So it, it's a little, it's a little flat, but um, ultimately it kind of saves itself with its story. Just kind of like, it's interesting. I had no idea that there was even an underground go movement. And <laughs> so, apparently they're very violent. Yeah, and apparently. <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine if that was like a chess players? Yeah, we're gonna chess go player mafia. <laughs> Yeah. Copyright that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna go kill this guy because we lost this game of chess. We should call it Pawn Sacrifice. Oh wait, that's the name of the movie. Fuck. Um, and um, I also watched uh, two documentaries. I watched For the Love of Spock, the documentary yeah. by Adam Nimoy. Ah, uh, just it makes you want to cry at every given moment because every every moment's set up to make you cry. Um. <laughs> Uh, when I saw his photography, I didn't realize Adam Nim or Leonard Nimoy was such a photographer. And uh, to uh, he has books, doesn't he? Yeah, he, that's what I found out later on after doing some research is that he did some books. But there was also some footage of uh, Leonard Nimoy in his early television acting career. I forgot that he did some uh, some other shows, including one of the ones that Gene Roddenberry did before Star Trek. Um, so it was just a fascinating look at Leonard's life and also the character of Spock and how. They, uh, the character has become a part of the pop culture landscape. So it's a very fun documentary. I highly recommend you check it out. It's on Netflix. What's also on Netflix is the uh, other documentary that I saw, which is called Glory Days, The Life and Times of Michael Alec. Um, does anybody here know? I thought movie? it was about Bruce Springsteen. No. <laughs> it should be, though. That would be amazing <laughs> if it was. Um, no. Um, does anybody here know about the Michael Alec case at all? Nope. Does anybody know what a club kid is? From the 90s? They nope. don't have a hand? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't um, get it. The, uh, 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 so basically club kids were like Warhol kids from the, from the 80s that moved into the 90s. And um, it was a club scene where everybody's dressing wildly. Like from every corner of New York, they're coming out to these clubs. Michael Alec was one of the promoters and leads in that um, industry, and he ended up committing manslaughter um, due to a bad drug deal by this guy, uh, where he ended up killing this guy named Angel. Boogie Night style. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's that's not too far off. No. From it. <laughs> they ended up making a movie about it in 2003 called Party Monster with M Macaulay Culkin and uh, Seth Green. Is he dead? No. Oh. No. No. I found out that uh, uh, that not only is Macaulay Culkin still alive, <laughs> but so is Michael Alec, the guy. He got he just got released from prison in 2014 um, from his manslaughter charges. But the documentary is pretty fascinating. I mean, it's I'll be honest, it's kind of poorly produced, especially since there's an actual biopic about this guy that's a lot more stylish and lavish. Um, but the interviews are interesting, and it's clear that there are some people who either loved or hated this man, and it was interesting to see. Um, how they managed to articulate their their opinion differently. So um, I totally dug it. And then the last thing that I watched this week was, um, well, actually, no, I, I dug into the appendices of The Lord of the Rings. It's too much for me to process. Uh, I need lot. to watch it in segments. Yeah, oh, yeah. The previs stuff alone that they did on Lord of the Rings, like the previsual computer storyboards, I was amazed that the technology existed back then. And I guess they got a lot of their previs techniques from uh, George Lucas and Rick McCallum mm -hmm. uh, from uh, the prequel trilogy. So that was just fascinating. 
But the last thing I watched this week, I decided to do a, I wanted to do a Kong double feature, but I only got to one of them, which was the original 1933 King Kong. When King Kong gets shot and he falls off the building, it makes you want to cry. You know he's not real, Zach. Yeah, I know. He's a <laughs> puppet! <laughs> Um, it's actually, it actually holds up like the puppetry, like I, I've been a big fan of stop motion for years. I can't um, believe beauty killed the beast. It was beauty who the killed the beast. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, the stop motion stuff actually looks really cool. And if you watch the documentary on, uh, the Digibook that Ryan wrote me, um, they tried to recreate the, uh, some of the lost sequences in it using the same technology, uh, as the animators had back in the day. And the same cameras that they use as well, um, where they, um, you know, have the animation going on in the background and have the actors in the foreground, so it looks like they're running away from something. Um, so it's really cool. Um, the actors in it are interesting. Um, I forgot how much sexism there is in that movie. Um, like the whole the, the whole point of bringing the woman on the ship is so that they have an actress for their movie, but she, but clearly. Um, Driscoll does not want Captain Dr- or what's his was he the first mate or the I don't remember Jack Jack Driscoll uh, I don't remember the, the the hero of the film that isn't um, Carl Denham clearly doesn't want a woman on the ship and just goes like oh it doesn't matter you're a woman the women are a bother anyway born that way I guess just throwing shit into the river and I'm like can't believe <laughs> I can I forgot how sexist this movie is well, they only got the right to vote like. Six years before that. Uh, that so. is true. <laughs> and then there's also a, uh, a Chinese man peeling potatoes, and I don't. I know that I know for a fact they switched that character out with um, the Andy Serkis character in the boat in the remake. Mm-hmm. So, so you'll have a full review of the remake next week, I guess. <laughs> Kong's still a great movie, though. You know, it's weird Kong. that someone pointed out to me um, is that they go to this island that has the giant monkey and the giant dinosaurs, but they only take the monkey. You leave the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs are because they'd seen Jurassic Park too. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Not the first one. They just saw the second one. Yeah, <laughs> they, just saw the they know what happens when T Rex is on a rampage. Yeah. I'm sure there's other like you know herbivore dinosaurs there that they could <laughs> throw some locks around and take back for their circus. Oh my god, that's what the, that's what they should do in the remake in the Kong Skull Island. Is that the, not only do they take Kong back, but they also take back dinosaurs. Crab creatures, all that shit. Totally. Oh, dude. Crab people. Or just <laughs> start a business where you fly people to the island, so you don't have to like go through the trouble of <laughs> trying to chain up a giant monkey and giant dinosaurs. Where, so where's it? Literally, literally just Christ. Jurassic Park. But yeah. <laughs> you just want to watch Jurassic Park again, don't you? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Skull Island. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And yet, I bet if they remade Jurassic Park, you would flip your lid. You'd be like, how dare you? No. remake that i don't care about remakes anymore like oh, okay yeah i guess we're at that point now where it's like it's inevitable <laughs> yeah hollywood it, can't find anything original anymore they well, couldn't find anything original as far back as the 30s everything was being remade back then it's, that's true scarface is a remake it's a cyclical process people plays get remade all the forth. time no one bitches about that like ah oh, that, that's not the original hamlet <laughs> <laughs> They look yeah, different. Yeah, but it's in the public domain, you know. Of course you could remake that for just boatloads of money. Well, they remake the Family Opera year after year. Like, please, please do a podcast called Brad Bitches About Shakespeare <laughs> Adaptations. 
I'm for it. I'm not bitching about it. I just, the people who are like eighty-seven, Hamlet is quite trite. No, it's, just, it's just you as a fake persona, just like going like, I, I can't believe this Kenneth Branagh. How dare he remake the original Hamlet? <laughs> the one that Shakespeare did was just fine. How dare he bring it back for a new generation? There are too many dick jokes in this. How dare you? <laughs> William Shakespeare was a poet. I tell you, a poet. <laughs> I think that was actually Hamlet too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. God, That's a like, good movie too. If you go back through any of his stuff, like every other line is just a dick joke or something. Yeah, he was a subversive I, man back in the day. Well, that's had to keep people entertained. Well, it was for the poor people. Yeah, for the peasants. So. It's like, if, and if people aren't dying, then they're probably making dick jokes. Dick, yeah. stick, 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 stick. Anyway, that's all I watched. Sounded like week. you said steaks. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to Zach, a dick is a steak, so. <laughs> Flat and meaty. <laughs> Flat and meaty. Tender. Anyway, go on. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to give it? How am I going to send links to my friends for this podcast now? You'll never be proud of an episode, sounds trust like me. You, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> uh, this week, I watched a few things. I watched uh, a couple horror films from, uh, well, one I haven't seen, and it's not really a horror film, but the other one, uh, the first one I watched was Return of the Living Dead 3 which is uh, a really fun one. Uh, basically, it takes place where they're using trioxin to reanimate corpses. The military is doing it because they want to send in zombies to fight their wars for them so they don't lose any people in the battle. Uh, the general's son and his girlfriend break in and see them do this, and as they drive away, they get in an accident and his girlfriend dies, so he reanimates her, and then it becomes like a zombie movie. Um, it's it's a pretty cool movie. It's a different take on it, and it's it's one of the better like kind of direct to video video cassette tapes in the early '90s that Trimark Entertainment put out. Every time I see their logo, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> Leprechaun Glory. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's really done. It's uh, directed by uh, Brian uh, Usna. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's a big like gore horror guy. And it's really iconic for because his girlfriend um, figures out that if she... One of the running things in Return of the Living Dead is the reason they eat brains is because it hurts to be dead. So she decides she's going to be like this goth punk chick and she starts... Because she doesn't want to eat her boyfriend, she starts sticking nails through her like uh, fingers and stuff and she becomes like a zombie like superhero, like killing people, but also eating them. So she's really not a hero. I guess she's a an anti-hero. Um, and it's, it's in the Vestron series, so it has a really great Blu-ray, tons of special features. I think there's like three commentaries on it. You know, I wondered about zombies. Zombie lore is so, you know, like in The Walking Dead, there's walkers, and then they're always out to eat non-changed humans. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why aren't they just eating each other? Uh, it's the smell. Like, the reason they don't eat each other is, uh, in The Walking Dead, they say it's because they smell like zombies. So that's how they tell the difference, and they don't eat them. But what, I just don't understand like why zombies uh, have a preference over like living meat versus dead. Well, meat. Well, have you ever had rotten meat? Like they'll eat a dead horse and stuff, like in the show. They eat a dead horse. I think they eat dead animals and things, or they'll like. I think they capture and eat them, or bodies that have already died, like humans that were like. Yeah, I'm not sure. Good yeah. question. Maybe that's your horror movie angle, Brad. <laughs> Crack that nut. We'll write this ship. <laughs> yeah. Finally, zombies. Why they like human flesh. Um. You can make it like a mockumentary or something. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Inter- interviewing zombies. <laughs> Let's get it done in time for the Telly Red Horse Show. <laughs> done. Uh-huh. And uh, do you prefer white meat or dark meat? 
<laughs> whoa, whoa, what's dark meat, Zach? <laughs> that's a loaded question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Uh, the other one I watched is a, is a Screen Factory title. I I got when Trademark was going out of business. I waited and waited, and luckily it didn't sell out. Uh, it's called Jack's Back. It's a Screen Factory title. Um, it stars James Spader. I guess it was his first. Um, <gasps> It was his first starring role, uh, according to the director, who directed Roadhouse um, on the Blu-ray. <laughs> and in it, he plays, well, he plays two characters in it. Spoilers, guys. Um, the first half of the movie, well, not even the first half, I guess the first like 30 minutes of the movie, he plays a medical student. And there's these killings that this dude is mimicking Jack the Ripper in Los Angeles. And uh, James Spader plays some dude, I forget his character's name, who works at... Uh, so it's not Jack. No, um, he works at this medical thing that provides services to uh, underprivileged people, uh, people that don't have money, and he gets murdered. And then his twin brother start, picks up the case, and so it's kind of like a serial killer thriller movie where you're trying to guess who the killer is, and you know who the killer is throughout the whole movie. You know, it's one of those ones where it's like mm, not very convincing. And uh, so he did this before Pretty in Pink. I think, uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, it was 1986, I don't know when Pretty in Pink came out. I always thought that was like his big, first big thing, yeah, but maybe he a, was in this before It might that, be his first big, big thing, but uh, this is the first one where he's like top billing on it, okay. I think is what the director was saying. Um, and he's good in it, I mean the movie's not, that's not a horrible movie, uh, it's shot really well, uh, they didn't have a lot of money so they did this really cool, and it happens in a lot of 80s movies, but they used a lot of like fake smoke, so it has a really cool eerie lighting in it um so yeah it's and the screen factory uh blu-ray is cool it has commentaries and um, which is always interesting i was the guy i think his name is rowdy harrington is the director of roadhouse his commentary is always really interesting because he's a really interesting guy uh, i think he's pretty smart but he always talks about how his movies are like super high class i'm like hmm, not really um, i mean i love roadhouse as much as the next guy but telling me it's high so class this is, is my vision for roadhouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah right uh, so yeah, if you're looking for like a different kind of movie, I, the weird thing is, is on Amazon it's twenty four dollars. It's like a really expensive Blu-ray for some reason. Um, it must because it doesn't sell very well, and they probably very limited quantities of it. Is it a shout select or a screen? It's screen. Okay. Um, so yeah, so uh, the reason I waited so long at trades, I waited until it was seventy percent off. So I think I paid like eight dollars for it. It was worth eight bucks. I, I might watch it again. There's one more commentary I have to listen to on it. Trademark. Uh, Gone though, isn't it? Yeah. Or, so you bought this way back. Way back. Okay. I, uh, I obviously don't follow our own Twitter feed, Zach. I have a thing called Ryan's Vault where I go through and I have Ryan's all these movies right. I, I bought. About Ryan's Vault. Um, so the other one I watched uh, with my boy, I watched uh, Pete's Dragon, which is the other Disney live action they made. It's a cute movie too. Um, you didn't see this in theaters, right? No. This is James, yeah. Uh, and there's a part. I don't know. As the older I get, I cry at stupid parts in movies. Anyways, at the beginning of the movie, it's it's a story about a little boy who. Him and his parents get in an auto accident. He runs away into the woods, and he befriends a, a dragon in it. And I, it was a really interesting choice. As I'm watching it, they actually reveal the dragon really early, in, as soon as the boy sees him. And I think they did that so everyone can get used to the dragon and not to be afraid of him. Um, I, I'd have to watch the special features, but that'd be my filmmaker. Yeah, why would as you a filmmaker is why they would show him so early. It'd be like the shark and jaws. Like, why would you not show him for like most yeah. of the movie? And like I said, I think they want people to get used to him, get yeah. comfortable with him. Um, and, and the special effects in this movie are amazing, too. You know, you, I always point to certain things that just blow my mind in special effects. 
And there's a part where uh, the little boy, well, what's his name in the movie? Pete. Pete's dragon. <laughs> um, anyways, so he's... Uh, no, his name's Henry. His name's Henry. So he's running through this uh, river, and Elliot's behind him, the dragon, and the, he's splashing, and his reflection is in the water as well, and it's rippling. I'm like, man, someone spent a lot of time to add a CG rippling reflection of a dragon in a water, and it looked pretty amazing. Um, yeah, some of the characters, like Carl Urban plays the bad guy, but he's like the usual, like, we're going to capture the dragon bad guy. <laughs> um, but anyways, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Pete is reading this book called Elliot Gets Lost or something, and uh, his mom leans back and she says, you're the bravest boy I've ever met. I'm like, oh, that's a cute line. And then his parents die, and he runs away, and he befriends Elliot. And then later on, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays kind of the lead, Oh, she is the lead in the movie, uh, finds him and she's talking to him and she's telling him how sweet he is and she tells him he's the sweetest boy she's, I mean, the most brave boy she's ever met. And then he reaches out and hugs her. I'm like, fuck. And they're like, a tear's coming down my eye. It's just really cute. And she's, uh, I think uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, she has this like kindness to her when she's acting that I think is really, you can't fake. And I think it's really genuine when she acts. Um, but I really like her. Uh, and the rest of the movie is pretty fun. I mean, it's a, it's a typical kids movie, but it's pretty smart and it has little fun moments in it. Have you ever seen the original? Oh yeah. How does it compare? Like well, it's way different movies. Um, I mean, I do miss the cartoon dragon. Um, and this dragon, they purposely make kind of look like a dog, and he acts like a dog in it too. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to always replace classic stuff, um, but I wouldn't lump the original Peach Dragon into a classic. I think it's a it's a fun movie, but it's like an average movie at best. Um, so this new one, I think, is a superior movie. Um, yeah, and Robert Redford's in it. I'll watch anything with Robert Redford. He's not in it too much, but he plays a really interesting role in it. Yeah, so I like that one. And uh, the best movie I watched this week is one I was really excited to see. Uh, I watched, it's called The Monster. It's directed by the guy who directed The Strangers. I don't know if anyone's ever seen The Strangers. Uh, it's one of my favorite home invasion movies, maybe ever. Uh, anyway, in it, it's uh, about this mother and daughter, and the daughter wants to be taken to her father's house and spend time with her father, and her mom's uh, alcoholic and a, uh, a drug abuser. And um, so her mother's a loser. And on the way to their father's house, who li he lives four hours away, uh, they get in an accident. But the accident is not an accident. It's actually caused by this huge monster that's like out in the woods. So it's a really great movie for like genre people that love horror films. But it's also this really emotional story about how horrible this mother treats her daughter and how horrible the daughter treats the mother to her face. It's so there's like these parts. Uh, so the movie's told in flashbacks. So the accident happens and you start, they start building the story of why this daughter and this mother's relationship is just crumbling. And I mean, so the first flashback they show is the daughter is being picked up by the mother and the mother is arguing with her to get in the car to go see this play and the daughter's like, I hate you, I hate you, fuck you. And then the mom's like, you know what, fuck you. It's really interesting and like these, pe these kids and this mom hate each other and then they have to learn to survive by this monster that looks like a mixture of a bat and like a werewolf is like ripping people apart that come to help them and uh, she has to save her daughter and it, so it plays against... Um, who the real monster is, because you have the monster that's obviously in the forest, but is the mother of the monster? Is the daughter the monster? 
Because they also have this sweet moment where her mom is, like, she's trying not to drink because she wants to um, keep her kid and keep her kid happy. But she goes in the trash and gets this booze and she gets drunk and passes out in the bathroom after she throws up. And then little daughter comes in and she, like, sleeps next to her. But then the next scene, they show her, like, go in the bedroom and call her mom, like, horrible names and stuff. And so it's really, it's not your typical horror film besides the blood and guts, but, um, which they don't skimp on it, so it's pretty awesome. And, but it's cool that it's a character piece, too. And that's what I really liked about The Strangers, too, where The Strangers is about people breaking into the house, but the underlying context of the film is uh, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman actually have marital problems, and they're talking about getting a divorce, so they have these weird like tension moments, so there's an uneasiness throughout the film just despite them being attacked by people. Um, and the monster has the same kind of uh, tone to it. So it it's very well may end up in my top ten, um, just because I love the difference in it and um, the special effects are pretty awesome because the monster's not CG. It's completely uh, practical and there's like heads being ripped off and arms being thrown. And, and then there's emotional story to you guys. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, top ten. That's a big, big endorsement. Yeah, um, so you can, if you want, you can watch it. It's on demand right now. I really wanted to see if they were playing it at the C Film Center mm. a couple weeks ago, um, but I didn't Probably have a chance now. to. Yeah, mm. it's only one week. And what's it called? The Monster. The Monster. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you can get it on Xfinity. I think it's four ninety nine. Um, check it out. You might not like it. I did. Because the monster's pretty badass in it too. Cool. Yep. Uh, this week we saw. Office Christmas Party. Corinne, should people go see Office Christmas Party? Nope. Okay. <laughs> you know what you should do instead? Wait a few months, then go onto YouTube and type in Office Christmas Party, Funniest Moments, and then watch whatever 8 or 15 minute video comes up. <laughs> it will save you time and money. Do that instead. There you go. Brad? Uh, I liked it. It's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's funny. It's not as... You know, it's a rated R, and I thought it would be a little harder R as far as comedies go, uh, but it's mostly language. Um, uh, there was some nudity also. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah a couple, probably, dick. It's, it's surprising they even left that much in. Like, they probably could have saved themselves and cut it out. Um, but, um, but it's really the plot, like the, the plot in the background and like the actual story that's going on, um, the science of it, yeah. which is weird because it's a comedy. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but that was like... I, I guess I'll roll with this idea. Um, but otherwise, I, I thought uh, a lot of the characters were pretty funny. and uh, uh, You don't have to rush out to see it, but I yeah. liked it. Zach? I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. There's no real reason to rush out to see this in the theater. Um, but it just reaffirmed the fact that I want to see T.J. Miller in more movies. Well, you won't because you beat up a Uber driver. So. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> it's fun while it lasted, T.J. Yeah. Like, if you're a celebrity, why do you do shit like that? I heard you just slap the guy in He did, but, I mean... He's that's already, I mean, like, like, out on his own now. Yeah, but. like, why would you do that? Like, people are going to find out, and they're going to hold it against you, and... Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of in the same boat. I, like, I, I always like Jason Bateman a lot. I think he's really funny in movies. I think he's really good at being, like, the snarky guy. Um, and T.J. Miller's funny. But then the rest of it, I'm like, eh, whatever. I could take it or leave it. And there's nothing that was overly funny where I'm, I'm saying, oh... You, there's that one scene that you have to see. The rest I'm like, meh. Uh, so yeah, if it's streaming on Netflix one day, you can stream it and have, you know, a two out of four star night with it. Here's a trailer for Office Christmas Party. Ooh, 
somebody is getting. I... Oh no, it's my sister. You're having a Christmas party tonight? Oh, it's not a Christmas party. Mm. It's a non-denominational holiday mixer. More inclusive. Well, whatever you call it, it's not happening. All right, it's canceled. Hey, idiot, I'm looking right at you. Okay, we're not doing it. We'll still do it. This branch is failing. I'm shutting you down. You gotta give us a little bit of time to turn this around. All right. If by some miracle you can close Walter Davis and his $14 million account, your jobs are safe. Done. You'll see, you're gonna look so stupid. Then we'll finally have something in common. God damn it, he's so mean! Guys, what if we show him with the greatest time of his life at our Christmas party tonight? This is how we save everybody's job. It's not the worst idea. Walter? Do you party? I used to. It's F-word Christmas B-word. Let's get mother F-word drunk. Watson. It's my birthday. Ah, I'm really committing, that's nice. Light the candle. Merry Christmas, bitches! Right down the chimney, folks! Yeah! Oh. Greatest party ever, hashtag open bar. Who are you sending that to? Everyone in Chicago. I am the CEO of Xenotech. Please just drive. I just dropped off four people there at that party tonight. They gave me three stars like a bunch of bitches. What did you just say? I said they were a bunch of bitches. Tonight, the decisions you make will have consequences that will haunt you for the rest of your professional lives. Pull over or I will suit your penis in the face. I love America! Don't stop! Him. How do you? Alive! I think he meant to swing there. Where'd you get these? Be better if I didn't say. Comedies are always so hard to review because I, yeah. like, you have to set up the jokes. Anyways, and T.J. Miller plays the head of a company that... Uh, the CEO is Jennifer Aniston. Well, the heir of a company. An heir of a company, I guess, yeah. And she's in charge, and she's going to close down their office unless they are able to close this deal with a really big company. And they have till 5 o'clock of that night. And this, to woo him over because the guy says he used to party, uh, is they're throwing a huge office Christmas party. And she says their party's canceled. Um, party canceled. So they do it anyway. Yep. And I will say... This movie was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it still wasn't very good. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, there's nothing that, wait, like, I say, oh, man, so funny. You have to see this one scene. I mean, there's, uh, I thought actually, like, the funniest lines were kind of at the beginning when Jason Bateman and T.J. Miller were just walking down the street and they were talking. Um, you know, he's talking about, he said, yeah, no, don't you need a jacket? No, <laughs> during the holidays, I put on 15 pounds. <laughs> oh, that sounds healthy. It's not. <laughs> Just like little things like that, I think, are really funny when they're talking about how they're going to jump the bridge and how they yeah. need to do it. You've never seen the Fast and Furious movies? They only get more fast, more furious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I always love silly lines like that yeah. because I think that shows better comedic timing than something that's cut together with uh, physical stuff. My favorite line, which I think I'm the only one in the theater laughing, is when he's talking to uh, the client they have to woo. T.G. Miller's uh, talking about, yeah, I can't drink, bad things happen. Uh, my sister's horse goes missing. I wreck my car. There's horse hair and blood all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the beach is on fire. <laughs> no, you're yeah. right. That's what I mean. Like, he has that timing just to spout off stuff like that. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Um, 
felt like any time they did something that was plot related, especially at the end, it was so cliche. Yeah, and just I agree. like it's redundant. Just of any just other there to it, like oh we just have to have this. We have to have like oh we have to set up the conflict or oh we have to have the denouement where they mm-hmm. resolve whatever bullshit problems they had to begin with. So, but like all the scenes in between were fine. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I thought that the side characters were the best people. Well, not the best. Like, the funniest characters in the show. I didn't really like Jason Bateman's character, TJ Miller, Jennifer Aniston. Like, any of the main people felt really cliche to me. And a lot of their interactions felt really stiff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm always... Like, oh, we just have to, you know, we have to have this scene. I love Jennifer Aniston, but in this movie, like, it's maybe one of the only movies of hers I don't like her. Because she's just mean, and there's really no reason for her to be. No. Like, you know what she I mean? She says, just... fuck you to a kid. <laughs> well, that part the was hell? funny. That part was really yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> for eating her Cinnabon? I think yeah. that was pretty funny. Oh, the, what was it? Uh, there's a funny bit in the bloopers where she says, your mom's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did like the scene with her and the Uber driver. Oh, yeah. that was pretty oh, funny. God, that was my <laughs> favorite Carol. character in the movie. <laughs> Carol's an old lady I'm now. Carol, I Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I heard Pearl Harbor on the radio. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I mean, like the in between. It, the second time I was watching it with, uh, with Zach. Um, second time. Yeah, yeah I invited God. him. <laughs> he needed a movie buddy. Um, why do you need a movie buddy? I go see all it alone, myself, like a real man. Because I get lonesome. <laughs> I see him all the time by myself. Because my wife, I'm like, hey, we go see the movie. She's like, Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Even like Star Wars, James had a ticket for her for free, and she's like, I ain't seen that shit. <laughs> all right, honey. I wouldn't even see that for free. Um, but I was sitting there, like, watch, uh, sitting there thinking about the movie, and uh, just I was amazed at how, like, all those side characters, mm-hmm. without giving them their own direct stories, how it, it, they were able to build characters out of them. Like, I, you know, I was actually interested. Like, in it, most other movies, you're just, like, they're throwaways, but... They um, were the best characters in the movie. Yeah, like Rob Corddry's great, like, you know, disgruntled employee. <laughs> how do you like or that guy's Asian in charge gym of guy. customer service guy? Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Asian gym guy yeah. from the office who had mommy king things. Mommy fetish. Yeah. yeah. He just needs discipline. That's be crazy. Yeah. My favorite character was Carla, the security guard. Yeah. That was my favorite line in the movie when she's like, you know, the security guard was the first one to die and die hard. <laughs> I'm not going McCain. up there. Actually, an interesting sequence I, I would like people to see is when they uh, start up the hard rock uh, song and then the horse with Jesus starts running in slow-mo through the office and everyone's just like completely off the chain and then Rob Cordry's sitting in the Game of Thrones throne with a little <laughs> yeah. actual baby like they're doing gladiator <laughs> yeah. joust with Christmas trees like on fire like that's like that's the over-the-topness I expected from more exactly. of the movie um, which at the same time I was sitting there like you know someone's sober enough that they would call the cops if this really happened or like you know they have like that pull-away shot where it shows like there are people in the office below them yeah. It's like, why is nobody calling the cops on that? Yeah. I mean, things are falling out of windows on the street and almost killing Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah. No one's. She's still really she pretty for how old she is. I think she's like forty-six, forty-seven. She looks great. And I thought I did oh, like yeah. the, I did like the character where she's beating everybody up. Like yeah. that was a cool little thing where she's kicking everybody's ass. Well, yeah. the two dudes come up. She's like, no, 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 I got this. <laughs> yeah. What's her What's her name? Jillian Bell. Is yeah. that her name? The, the Tracy, the, the hacker girl. No. Or no? Um, okay. The the, the, the prostitute. The prostitute. The pimp. Uh, yeah. The yeah. pimp, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that was so <laughs> funny. I liked her mood and balance. It was yeah. really funny. She's she's slowly proving to be like because I loved her in Twenty Two Jump Street and I loved her in this and I I know she's in other stuff but 
I, I like seeing her rise through the ranks because she's just funny as fuck. Yeah, and Kate McKinnon does a great job of just being completely oh, weird. Yeah. She's, yeah. A, she's, a, she's a great comedic actress. Yeah. She, I thought she was great in Ghostbusters, and she's great in this, too. But yeah, overall, the movie's like, meh, whatever. It's, it's almost like an appetizer for Rogue One. It seems where like you're it, like, man, this yeah. is like, you know, when yeah. you get those appetizers at the fancy restaurants and they're shit, you're like, yeah, whatever. I guess I can live with it, but you're really waiting for the steak. I think this is what it feels like. This feels like it would have been a really good SNL sketch, because any time this had to be like a movie, movie, it was dumb. Yeah, SNL sketches are already too long, and this was what two hours? Felt <laughs> like it. Well, like an hour, <laughs> an hour and forty-five. Yeah, but, um, it was pushing it. But since we're in spoiler territory, the 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 plot that's far-fetched science is this. yeah. Um, the, Olivia Munn's character has developed this code that can connect all your wireless devices to just energy. So like a light bulb can be a router. Uh, um, uh, like anything, like a plug-in. Anything with power to it yeah. is, like, is a router. So Anything um, that's on the quote-unquote grid. Yeah, so once T.J. Miller takes out the power grid, uh, or the internet grid, um, yeah, so Olivia Munn snaps that code into operation and then they land the huge contract with the city, I guess. That seems so forced and underdeveloped to me. Yeah. Where they all just like come in and they're like, okay, we're going to build this in like five minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about computers or computer engineering or anything like that, but it seems yeah, like it would algorithm. take more. <laughs> but probably a more interesting route would just be to like do the story where everyone does lose, lose their jobs and totally they have to figure out how to get on from that. But anyway. But the last line would be, but it was an epic party. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you go. There are consequences Way more interesting. to yeah things. Yep. So. Yeah, the whole last like ten minutes was just. I could have left the theater, and I would have been happier to be honest. <laughs> I didn't need T.J. Miller and Jennifer Aniston making up. I didn't need that. Where they repeated the joke, where they were like mouthing and like winking to each other, like, but no, really, like we're not gonna do that. <laughs> if I had written, I would have had that doctor say like, "Okay, see you back here in like half an hour." <laughs> See, why weren't you on the writing team for this movie? No. Hi, bud. What are you doing? Can I be in a grump? Grump alone? Mickey! I don't know what he said. Yeah, Mickey something. Mickey's flying somewhere. <laughs> uh, next week we're seeing um, Rogue One. Collateral Beauty. Cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we're really seeing Rogue One. Um Okay, in a little bit, buddy. You let's end the show. Uh, We're almost done. Yeah. So yeah, stay Aww. tuned for that. Thank you everybody for listening. Corinne, thanks for stopping by again. Thank you guys. Always yeah. welcome. Thank you for the treats. Yeah. With no MSG for <laughs> the vagine. Sorry, I don't like to have headaches. My bad. <laughs> you know what I found out though? My we got this candy for uh, candy. This candle from Yankee Candle. It's called uh, Candy Cane Lane. It was giving me headaches. I was getting these like raging headaches last week. I'm like, what the fuck is this from? I thought it's because I don't sleep because I only sleep like three hours a day. <laughs> but then I blew out the candle and started feeling better. And then Laura's last year was like, well, I'm gonna, I was doing an experiment to see if it still bothered you. I think she's just doing it to torture me. Which, you got, you got, if I was married to me, I'd probably torture Probably got me like too. carcinogens and stuff in it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You're it's like Rafi. You can't stand vanilla candles. You know what? You're right. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. As always, bye. 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 <laughs> May the force be with you next week.
Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.